Welcome to the Taking Up Space podcast in association with the Institute for Politics, Policy, and History. I am your host, Dr. Monique Alicia Gamble. I'm a professor of political science at the University of the District of Columbia. I'm also a screenwriter and a photographer. This show highlights the contributions, insights, and legacies of some of Washington, D.C.'s most remarkable but lesser-known Black women. This inaugural episode covers the life and work of Ms. Dolores Kendrick, known as Washington, D.C.'s First Lady of Poetry. I'm dead. I know it because I'm happy. 
the children of flowers now, baptized in joy and hope. I, I shiver when I think of their beauty. Can't cry, because I'd be dead. This old talk around me, my flesh rotting, my bones drying up, my eyes moving through some kind of cheesecloth like a fall. I'm going to reach out now, soon. So my death will stay away from my babies. Can't upset them now. They's pure. And these ghosts that come and watch me in the night, I'll sing to them like a star. Dolores Kendrick was born and raised in Washington, D.C. She earned a teaching certificate from Minor Teachers College and a master's degree from Georgetown University. She first taught in the Washington, D.C. public school system, where she helped found the School Without Walls. For two decades, she taught at Phillips Exeter Academy, where she was the first Vira I. Hines Professor Emerita. She was also the first Black instructor to teach at the Academy. Throughout her career, Ms. Kendrick authored four books of poetry. While the Woman is Singing on the Corner, a verse narrative is a collection of poems on homeless women set in her hometown of Washington, D.C. Perhaps Kendrick's most widely known work is The Women of Plums, Poems in the Voices of Slave Women, published in 1989. The book won the Ansfield Wolf Award in 1990. The Ansfield Wolf Award honors written works that make important contributions to the understanding of racism and diversity. In 1991, The Women of the Plums was listed as the New York Public Library's best book for teenagers. The book was later adapted for theater in 1997 and won the New York New Playwrights Award. The poem that you hear at the beginning of this podcast is an excerpt from Peggy and Killing, which Miss Kendrick read at the very first conference on Black poetry. In its entirety, it is a powerful, powerful work of literary art. In 1999, Miss Kendrick was appointed second poet laureate of Washington, D.C., and she was the first woman to hold that position. Throughout her lifetime, Miss Kendrick received numerous honors and awards for her work, including fellowships from the National Endowment for the Arts and the Fulbright Teaching Fellowship. She was the recipient of the George Kent Award for Literature and was inducted into the International Literary Hall of Fame for Writers of African Descent at Chicago State. In 2002, she was awarded a special Fulbright Award for Outstanding Accomplishments in Education and Literature. The National Visionary Leadership Project has honored her contributions to art and public life. And in 2002, a celebration of Ms. Kendrick's work was staged at the Kennedy Center. Ms. Kendrick passed away in 2017 at the ripe age of 90, but she left a tremendous legacy. We remember her through her work and the impressions she made. Joining me to discuss the light and legacy of Ms. Dolores Kendrick is Dr. Joanne V. Gabin. Dr. Gabin is a professor of English at James Madison University. She was director of the JMU Honors Program when she hosted the Furious Flower Poetry Conference in 1994, which was the first academic conference on Black poetry. She is the author of Sterling A. Brown, Building the Black Aesthetic Tradition. Brown, as fate would have it, became the first poet laureate of Washington, D.C. She is also editor of Furious Flower, African-American Poetry from the Black Arts Movement to the Present, and The Furious Flowering of African-American Poetry. Currently, she is the executive director and founder of the Furious Flower Poetry Center, the first, and at its founding in 2004, only academic center devoted to Black poetry. In 2005, Dr. Gabin was inducted into the International Literary Hall of Fame for Writers of African Descent. It was an honor and a pleasure to chop it up with Dr. Gabin. I hope you enjoy, as much as I did, the lovely memories and nuggets of wisdom she shared. 
I met Dolores Kendrick in mm-hmm. um, 1994, mm-hmm. and uh, went at the first Furious Flower Conference, and sure. she mm-hmm. uh, came there to uh, read her own poetry, but also uh, a special request was made by Gwendolyn Brooks. Mm-hmm. The uh, conference was dedicated to Gwendolyn Brooks, and, she's and mentor. She, she asked me um, if uh, Dolores Kendrick was coming, and I said at, at that time that she asked me, yes, she was coming. I'd already talked with another poet uh, who said I had to invite her, and so that was Michael Harper. So as it turns out, uh, I had invited Dolores Kendrick, and she said that she wanted Dolores Kendrick to uh, introduce her. So wow. that, so she, so I gave her that uh, extremely important task. Sure, absolutely. That was, going, that, was, that was going to be my my job, you know. <laughs> but Dolores Kendrick was phenomenal at mm-hmm. that. Um, conference. She introduced Gwendolyn Brooks, but she also read her own poetry. Mm-hmm, and there mm-hmm. was a um, a spontaneous standing ovation for the women of Plums. That was her main book of poetry at the time mm-hmm. that she came to Furious Flower. I found Dr. Gabin by way of her comments in Miss Kendrick's 2017 obituary in the Washington Post. She'd referred to the district's last poet laureate as a poet's poet. Those words struck me and I was curious to know what she meant by them. Here's what she said. When I said Dolores Kendrick as a, as a poet's poet, uh, mm-hmm. I, I meant that she uh, was looked up to by other poets, including mm-hmm. E.F. Burt Miller and, um, you know, Morris Glaru, uh, a, a woman who used to teach at uh, American University. Um, certainly, you know, the younger poets who came to the conference in 1994 and again in 1992. In fact, Dolores Kendrick came to every conference that I did. And, you know, the Furious Flower Conference happens every 10 years. So in 1994, 2004, and 2014. And in 1994, she was awarded the Lifetime Achievement Award from Furious Flower. You know, she became a fierce fan of uh, uh, Furious Flower and one of my dearest friends. And she asked me um, towards the end of her life to introduce her book, her her second volume of, uh, of poetry. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so I, I, I wrote that introduction. As I mentioned earlier, Peggy and Killing is the poem that you hear Miss Kendrick performing at the beginning of this podcast, at the first Furious Flower Conference. Dr. Gavin told me she received a spontaneous standing ovation for that one. I mean, obviously. It's an amazing poem, and she performs it beautifully. Miss Kendrick's words might conjure images familiar to you. The poem is inspired by Toni Morrison's novel Beloved, which is inspired by the true story of Margaret Garner an escaped enslaved woman who killed her children before they could be recaptured, liberating them from a lifetime of bondage. Here's more of what Dr. Gavin had to say. Because she brings um, in that particular book and and certainly in that poem, she brings not only the the power of the the vernacular, Mm -hmm. 
to the poem because you really hear Peggy's voice. Mm-hmm. But also, uh, you know, there is this amazing lyricism that, you know, poetry, good poetry has. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. she not only gets the voice of this woman, but she also uh, uh, sings of her circumstance in right. ways that um, are really moving. I asked Dr. Gavin if she had a favorite Dolores Kendrick poem. She said it was difficult for her to choose. But Hattie on the Block, the story of another enslaved woman, that's the one. Uh, The auction block poem is probably my favorite, Mm -hmm. where um, she says, um, we may be be sold. The last line is, but we're not bought. But we're not bought. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Mm -hmm. Meaning that, you know, it is. Meaning that, you know, we we, we may have been sold on this auction block, but our souls, our sinew, everything that makes us who we are, uh, has not been sold. We we have reserved that for ourselves. Nobody right. can can buy that. There is uh, another poem that is sort of special to me, mm-hmm. and it is um, the poem that that she actually reads at the um, the 80th birthday of Gwendolyn Brooks and it's called For Gwendolyn Mm -hmm. as I Civilize a Space and uh, and it's very special to me because I was able to uh, to publish this particular poem in the Furious in Furious Flower, African-American Poetry from the Black Arts Movement to the Present. That's the name of the book I edited, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I, featuring the poets who, who read at the first conference. But also this poem was uh, read at the birthday uh, birthday celebration in Chicago of Gwendolyn Brooks. And so she wrote this poem and I was there and I had written a uh, also a poem of tribute to uh, Gwendolyn Brooks. So we share a love for Gwendolyn Brooks, and we and we share that love because we both, uh, Dolores and I, appreciate craft, mm-hmm. appreciate how, in fact, you can create uh, these wonderful lines. And that it's not by chance. It's just not inspiration alone. Uh, Gwendolyn Brooks was a crafter of her 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 poems. She mm-hmm. rewrote them and rewrote them, and and it was an an art that uh, needed perfecting, you know. So mm-hmm. and Dolores Kendrick was like that as well. here, but today is your 80th birthday, and I am here. What sends me forth is unimportant. Love casts out fear. For now I can share the civilized space which I have learned to create with the one who sprang the soft music within me, called it forth, blessed it. So she's giving um, 
Gwendolyn Brooks the credit for her own, you know, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. love of poetry. And so as Gwendolyn Brooks sort of passed on this to Dolores, Dolores, who was just slightly younger than than Gwendolyn Brooks, but still, yeah, she was younger, but still Gwendolyn Brooks, you know, was a mentor to Dolores Kendrick. And so you you sort of feel it in those lines, you know. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. The act of love, the act of love, this gift, this transcendent talent, this woman. So, uh, and so when I uh, said that about Dolores Kendrick, I was introducing her at the 10th anniversary of uh, her poet laureateship in Washington, D.C. And I was remembering that she, in a way, had become a mentor for me, as well as many of the poets who are in my generation and certainly younger. This whole idea that, you know, we pass the torch along to the next uh, generation. And as we, uh, I think, Eugene Redmond said that, uh, you know, we, I, we are slipping into elderhood, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and as we do that, we cannot fill the shoes of the elders that we replace, but we want their light. And so I, I think about that and thinking about Dolores Kendrick, I, I want to, um, you know, I want to achieve, you know, uh, her light. I want to gather her light and pass it on. And that's what mentoring is all about, isn't it? Speaking of mentorship, I'd be remiss if I failed to mention Miss Amanda Gorman, the first ever National Youth Port Laureate who stunned us with the performance of her work, The Hill We Climb, during President Biden's inauguration. So I asked Dr. Gabin, who are the heirs to Dolores Kendrick's work and to her own? Okay, yeah, you know, it is the age of Amanda Gorman. It's so wonderful to see (laughs) this young woman who Mm -hmm. has just been catapulted to this international stage, and she deserves to be there. But I want to make the point very, very clearly. She's Mm -hmm. not the only talented poet out there. There Mm -hmm. are many, many others. And the thing that she would say in her humility, because she's a very humble uh, uh, woman, young woman, she would say um, that uh, she has, uh, she was the first youth poet laureate, but there are three that have come after her mm-hmm. who are very, very talented. Last night, Kevin Powell uh, did a, a writing workshop in which he invited uh, Nikki Giovanni, um, uh, Jessica Care Moore, and many other poets. And he featured three very, very young poets that have come out of the Youth Poet Workshop Mm -hmm. uh, that led Amanda Gorman to to receive the first Poet Laureate, uh, Youth Poet Laureate position. So there's several people working out there, but the poets that are, are, are coming up uh, who are part of Kame Kanem, uh the uh, African-American workshop uh, that Toy Derricott and uh, Cornelius Eady founded back in 1996. And I would say certainly the poets that we feature at uh, 
furious flower. There's mm-hmm. so many young poets. And in fact, uh, I would recommend to you, yes, I don't please, want you to spend please. all your money, but I really would recommend <laughs> to you our book, uh, Furious Flower, Seeding the Future of African-American Poetry. And it's okay. just exactly what you're talking about. These young poets who are now coming along, and they are so many amazing poets coming along who um, are exhibit A through Z in terms of the talent that we have out there. Uh, uh, people like Denez Smith, um, uh, Nate Marshall, uh, Major Jackson, Tyamba Jeff, um, you you know the name Tony Medina. He's not young anymore, but he certainly was uh, young, uh, say, uh, 15 years ago. But Jericho <laughs> Brown, these are mm-hmm. the Hill. These are all uh, poets who are in in their 20s, 30s, and 40s who are doing amazing work. What we did in here, we not only have a section on poetics, where we get some of the major voices, uh, like uh, Terrence Hayes and Evie Shockley and um, Kwame, uh, Kwame Dawes and many, many others to talk about their poetic process. But we have 103 young poets mm-hmm. who are, uh, we've, we've now put in print. So... They're, they're there. They're, they're there in large numbers. And uh, Lamont Hurd, uh, he won our poetry prize. Tiana Clark, um, Ty Freedom Ford. Uh, so many, many uh, poets who are just breaking on the scene, and they'll be there for the next 20, 30 years. Yeah, so yeah. if you think about people like... Um, Nikki Giovanni, who's older than I am, um, but she's been on the scene for five, almost six decades, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, because she started Mm -hmm. writing poetry when she was a teenager, and she's 70, 76 years old right now, or Sonia Sanchez, who is 85 years old, still writing, started writing poetry when she was in her early, very early 20s, and as a college student at Hunter, uh, at Hunter College in New York. So you have poets now who are in their 30s and 40s, like, you know, at our 25th anniversary in Washington, D.C. for Furious Flower, where Amanda Gorman spoke. Uh, she was one of four poet laureates that I honored by having them speak at the gala. But mm-hmm. uh, if you look at um, Rita Dove, who was the uh, the person that we dedicated the conference to in 2014, uh, she was there at that first conference, but also there were these very young poets who came out of out of uh, Boston, um, uh, like Kevin Young, who is taking over the museum, the National Museum of African American History and Culture, as the director. And uh, Natasha Trethaway, who was the U.S. Poet Laureate. And Tracy K. Smith, who was the most recent uh, uh, black woman who was the National Poet Laureate. I had all four of them 
uh, Amanda Gorman, Rita Dove, Natasha Trathaway, Tracy K. Smith, because Furious Flower has always been about making connections, mm-hmm. not pitting one generation against the other. Sure. For me, yeah. it's mm-hmm. a flow. It's a mm-hmm. flow. That's why mm-hmm. I talk about the light that, you know, Gwendolyn Brooks gave Dolores Kendrick and then that light that was passed on to me because she continued to be in my life because what she saw at Furious Flower in 1994 convinced her that I was really doing something that was resulting in a movement. And that's the way it has happened. You wow. know, Furious wow. Flower is now a movement in on the literary scene and um, you know it will continue to to grow poets and that's why we called uh, this last um, anthology this is the third the anthology to come out of Furious Flower seeding the future of African American poetry mm-hmm. we are about mm-hmm. keeping this thing going because now we've seen black poets and certainly black poetry move from the margins of American literature into the very center of American literature. You know, when you when you think about you know, when you look at, you know, these poet laureates, I mean, they're not poet laureates for the black America. They're right, poet right. laureates mm-hmm. for America mm-hmm. and therefore mm-hmm. the world. Uh, and when you look at um, uh, people like Yusuf Kamanyaka and Tayemba Jess and, um, oh, so many uh, who have won Pulitzers, they're not on the fringes. Now they are being judged with the very best of the poets poets in our country so uh, we have helped to make that happen at Serious Flower what is it about poetry that is so special to you well poetry is um, poetry is the distillation if you will of our best and our most vivid thoughts Mm, and mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. that way because we can get it uh, in this distilled manner, you know the other arts are wonderful. I love, I love the novel. I love uh, plays. I, I am, a, I, I enjoy visual art so much that I have an art gallery. But you know, when it comes to the art form that speaks to me in the most powerful way, it's poetry because you you've had people who have these thoughts that are in. Uh, really avant-garde. They are above and beyond what we normally think about as Mm -hmm. human beings. And they've taken those ideas and they've distilled them and they've put them in a form that we can digest that uh, is often lyrical and beautiful and rageful. And that's why I love the term that I, I used for that first conference that's now become the name of the center that I direct, Furious Flower. That's what mm-hmm. that means. Mm-hmm. It's taking mm-hmm. the beauty of poetry and also recognizing that this is a form, at least uh, you know, in the in the 20th century, that came to to such prominence because we were also raging against a racist society, and sure. we were determined <laughs> to change that society. Mm-hmm. And so you have, you know, Gwendolyn Brooks 
using the lines in one of her poems. Um, the time cracks into furious flower, lifts its face all unashamed, and sways in wicked grace. And she's talking about the 1950s and 60s, the civil rights movement, the, the black arts movement, the black power movement, those movements that helped to change the world. To this country, certainly, and the world, because when you think about movements and dis and and dissent, um, black people in this country have been the model for the world. We mm-hmm. were we were the ones who uh, helped the women's movement in the nineteen seventies get footing. Uh, we were the ones that that helped the um, the Latinx community and the gay communities and mm-hmm. all of those communities that have had to move their uh, situation uh, into uh, a, a, a space that is freer, that it's more uh, equitable, that is more valued. So black people uh, did that, and the poets led the way. I was thinking about this uh, yesterday. The poets were the ones that started the black studies program in uh, or black studies in this country. And I'm, I'm thinking about Sonia Sanchez and Amir Baraka. And Sonia Sanchez was out there at San Francisco State um, a University, and she formed the first course in. Uh, black literature out there and Amir Baraka uh, in his uh, uh, work in New York uh, started uh, Black Studies program. So you have the poets who are in the avant-garde, who are in the advanced guard, if you will, um, doing this hard work of making sure that we are uh, we show how human we are through the arts. And I think uh, Sonia, I borrowed this from Sonia, but Sonia always uh, talks about becoming human, how we, you know, become more human and more humane. That's what she's talking about. And the arts, you know, uh, philosophy, uh, history, uh, the humanities, you know, uh, literature, all, uh, all those arts, all those uh, expressions of the our better angels in terms right. of humanity are there, and that's what poets do. Got it. The next conference is 2024. The next Furious yes, Flower conference is 2024. How else can we we keep up with you? Keep up with what you're publishing? Um, oh, how, oh, how can absolutely. we keep up with you? Absolutely. Well, first thing is, please, you know, go to our website uh, weekly because now this coming Friday, we are having a um, Furious Flower Facebook Live uh, poetry reading by Mm -hmm. a a man by the name of Charleston, uh, one of these younger poets that I I was talking about. And uh, so every other week we have a Facebook Live reading. You know, we had to, of course, with everybody else, pivot to online. So we do these virtual poetry readings every other week. And then... Um, you know, we will have a uh, another kind of book party, uh, book event in April, the very end of April, April 30th. 
And so please look out for that. If you go to the website, you'll be able to find out when that happens. That will be advertising and promoting this book, Furious Flower, Seeding the Future of African-American Poetry. It came out in January of uh, 2020, so you can see it's just a year old. And so with the pandemic, we were not able to do the tours that Mm -hmm. we wanted to do with the book. But the book is a sort of evergreen book. You have, as I mentioned, poets here who are going to grow and and become really important uh, voices um, for Black poetry and American poetry over the next two or three decades. I hope y'all enjoyed that as much as I did. Huge, huge thanks to Dr. Joanne Gappin for taking time to speak with me about Miss Dolores Kendrick and the power of poetry. I'll post a link to the Furious Flower Poetry Center and Facebook page in the show notes. And finally, rounding out this inaugural episode of the Taking Up Space podcast are two of those great young poets Dr. Gabin referenced. Lend your ears to UDC's own Estefany Melendez and Tabira Muhammad. Do you have faith? By Estefany Melendez for Dolores Kendrick. Darkness surrounds you, like vultures flying around their prey, waiting to take them unprepared and gouge your souls out. You talk about hope and light, but you let yourself be consumed by your dark stories, hoping one of them will bring you to the light. Is it true? Do you still have faith? I can't tell if you do, because always sees pain in wanting relief by stepping out of the world. That is not faith. That is an easy way to leave your pain. But don't you realize, once you step out, you leave your soul behind. Is being soulless for eternity worth the little relief you get after being tortured from birth because of the color of your skin? Is it worth damnation? You want to be happy and not feel pain anymore. But there's no relief anywhere, even after death. Your mistakes here travel with you wherever you go, haunting you for eternity. Do you still have faith? If you do, what is it? That you will leave this darkness that consumes your whole life, every single thought, every breath? But how will you leave it? It has to be a good way because they're vultures flying around waiting to get you when you are unprepared. Do you know where they will take you? They will take you back to the place you're trying to escape. Your fears aren't something you can easily escape. You know that, don't you? You want to escape everything. You want to escape the pain, the insults, the fears, the lies, the torture. But don't you realize? You can't escape that. They have to be destroyed and not left around to create more broken people. They will try to attack you and drag you back to your hole, but you will fight right through because your skin will protect you. The focus of all the hate towards you will be the only thing to save you in the end. Don't you realize your skin, the thing that has brought you so much pain, it will be your salvation because the vultures don't realize that by torturing you, they are shattering their souls. They're losing the only things that makes them human. Darkness doesn't surround you. It surrounds them. Letter from the Future Tabir Muhammad for Dolores Kendrick Yes, I remember you. 
as much as people want to forget you. I can't. My family can't. The movements can't. They say we've never had it this great, or we need things to go back to the way they were. Make this country great again. Again? We no longer hang like strange fruit with ropes on our necks. Rather, we have knees on them instead. We no longer have to drown our children to finally feel free. But it would be a hell of a lot easier, wouldn't it? We'll conceal tears like Carrie. Because feigning strength is our only assured win. Again and again. They should remember you. Even if they want to forget you. It doesn't happen anymore. Or it happened so long ago. Why should I feel bad? If our bodies can continue to handle struggle for so long, so can their guilt. Thanks again to these extraordinary young poets, Stephanie Melendez and Tabira Muhammad. I am delighted to say the future is bright. And do keep tabs on the Taking Up Space podcast. The show is a four-episode series that highlights the contributions, insights, and legacies of some of Washington, D.C.'s most remarkable but lesser-known Black women. Once again, I am your host, Dr. Monique Alicia Gamble, and I'll see y'all next time. Thank you.